Looking for a taste of the islands? Look no further than No Foods. That's NOH Foods of Hawaii. No Foods was developed to reflect the many international cultures and races of the islands. Hawaiian, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Portuguese, Filipino, and more. Known for the wide variety of delicious seasoning and sauces. The products of No Foods can make anyone a master chef in their own kitchen. Easy to prepare and delicious in flavor are the hallmarks of No Foods. Again, that's NOH of Hawaii. This is like Chinese beef broccoli, Korean barbecue, Filipino adobo, Hawaiian Kahlua pork, and many, many more. Don't forget about the refreshing and very popular Hawaiian iced tea, sweetened with raw cane sugar and just the right touch of lemon. You can find NOH Foods online at Amazon.com and NOHfoods.com, also in many stores and supermarkets. As we say in the islands, say yes to no. Aloha. Welcome back to the No Name Football Podcast. I'm here, as usual, with my partner, nine-time, nine-year NFL veteran. Played seven seasons for the Chicago Bears. Four-phase specialties football player. Hester knows he owes all of his success. <laughs> to my partner right here, my guy, J-Mac. We've been on a long break. Not yeah. too much has happened since we've been. <laughs> a, little, a little brief hiatus. A brief hiatus. I, um, I know you went to Florida with the family. How was yeah. that trip? It was good, man. It was uh, it was different. You know, went down to Disney. My daughter was in a uh, cheer and dance competition out there at Disney. So it's uh, mm. it's an event called the Summit, which is like the Super Bowl of cheer, cheer and dance. So it, it's, it's just amazing. You know, how we've been playing football our whole lives and you go to an event like this, something, you know, for me, it's like I'm in unfamiliar territory because mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm cheering and yelling and everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, hey, they're just practicing. I'm like, oh, OK, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like the hype dad. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. In a football game. Right. They're like, oh, they, they don't go on until next. This, this, this is the practice stage. I'm like, oh, sh- I'm sorry. Oh, shit. I, thought, I, I, thought I just wanted to make sure my daughter heard me yelling. Or else <laughs> right. I got to pay the price. Right? Oh, she'll let me know. Oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. She told me before we went, she said, dad, you know what? You can take a you can take some time off for football to come watch me perform. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, I gotta make sure yeah, we book right. these tickets. <laughs> these tickets better be booked. <laughs> but it was awesome though. It was it was awesome, man. It was I mean it was like thousands of people there, you know, a mm-hmm. bunch of different teams, different divisions and and the way they do it, it's awesome. It's a big stage. I mean, they've got the the cameras out. It's it's, it's electric, man. It's mm-hmm. it's electric and 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 those 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 uh young ladies, they they put in a lot of work, man. They put in a lot of work. So I give credit to to my wife and her organization, uh Cheer Dance Extreme CDX and and everybody's organization that competed in this event because this is an event that you have to get invited to. So only the best of the best throughout the United States get invited to this event. And you know, uh, thankfully, you know, prayerfully, my uh, my daughter's team finished third in their division, which oh, was huge. Congratulations! So it was man. the first time That's in my awesome. in my wife's gym's history that they uh-huh. they had somebody place in dance, which is their first. Uh, this was their first year they actually had dance, and they placed third. So yeah. it was awesome, man. It was it was a my, good trip, man. The key family does everything, man. Try, man. We're you know, trying. That's awesome. So. Well, congratulations to them, man. Thanks, and, brother. I, and I know, um, also right now, as the head high school football coach at Carmel Catholic. Um, the, it's recruiting. The, the yeah. recruiting war. The recruiting wars have picked up. Oh, it's crazy! You got all these coaches running through your school. So, yeah. uh, take us through a little bit of that process as the head coach. Um, what are you responsible for? How are you trying to? 
uh, get these kids noticed by all these colleges. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And, and, and a unique thing that, that we have, brother, is we have relationships. Relationships that a lot of, you know, I know a lot of high school coaches around here have relationships, but we have a more intimate relationship with some of these coaches. You know, some of these coaches we played for, we played against, or we played under. And from my experience, a lot of the coaches that I've, I've dealt with, I've had that type of relationship with them. So, you know, typical day, I mean, you know, a lot of times they call me the day before, they're in the area, they're hitting the recruiting chair, they want to come by and, and see our, you know, you want to see the 23 kids, I want to see the 24 kids and and get a, get a way early head start on the 25 kids. So, you know, you bring them in, uh, there's certain rules to where, you know, they can't really interact with the kids you know, in person, but, you know, we spend an hour talking about kids going over kids and, and what I want, you know, individuals in, in Chicagoland to understand, not just uh, kids in my program is, you know, the, the least thing we talk about is football, brother. Mm-hmm. The main thing we talk about is character, mm-hmm. how you are in the community. What is his grades like? How is he as a leader? What type of person is he completely? And then the football, that that's the second part we talk about. So you know, a lot of guys who think they're big time and and, and just because they're they're elite on the field, well, you got to be elite off the field if you want to obtain a scholarship because there's so much competition mm-hmm. now with guys trying to get a scholarship. And and you seen that, brother? We had U of I there yesterday. Uh, Coach Bart Miller is a good guy, and, and you got your two boys there. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I talked with him about Josh and James a little bit. I said, you know, and, and I might, and hopefully, I didn't <laughs> mess up because I say, you know what? I said James gonna James is gonna f him up. James is gonna f him up. <laughs> James James is going to F him up. James is going to F him up. And if you don't listen, we might F you up, coach. Like, I, you know me. I'm the hype man, man. I'm looking out for my guys, man. I'm looking out for the Cruz boys. No, it's, so. a, um, it's a kind of a uh, crazy because it's like you're saying, well, Josh is home now. You saw them yeah. uh, when you walked in. Him and a couple of his guys, he played with at Loyola mm-hmm. uh, training here. And, and also a kid from USC is in here training with us. But um you know, and then James, like you're saying, he'll graduate this month. And then yeah. Illinois has them down there, J Mac, already. They started the end of this month. Mm. So they're, they're out of the house. Um, uh, glad to see them go. Happy to watch them leave. <laughs> hey, goodbye. Hey, especially with this, uh, 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 inflation in the groceries nowadays, they can get, they can get going moving out of the house, right. uh, anytime they need to know. But, um, like you're saying, right? Like, uh, that's what you're always preaching to them, you know, finish strong. Yep. Uh, make sure you do for good on your finals. Uh, how's school going? Cause like you said, uh, at the end of the day, football will teach you everything you need, right? Mm-hmm. And that, and then if you, if you just apply to everything, what you learn from football, you usually end up all right. Yeah. You usually end up all right. And, um, these kids, you know, that ones that these coaches are coming, I mean, what an opportunity to get free schooling, Man, free, I mean, you. they're giving them boarding, Man. food. They're getting money now. It's worth it. There's money now, mm-hmm. NIL. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, you, know, you get, you get uh, sponsored. But anyway, yeah. um, they're just a fun time for these kids. And, you know, I remember the first, I don't know about you, but I remember the first letter I got. I mean, mm-hmm. I was oh, excited. Yeah. Yep. I think it was the Tulane Green Wave. Okay, they, there you go. Yeah, they, they, yeah. they totally spelled my name wrong, butchered everything. <laughs> 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 hey, but it was still to me, J-Mac. You know what I mean? I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe uh, yeah. a, a little kid from Honolulu got a letter yeah. from the Tulane Green Wave about playing football, a, a college football off the island. I mean, guys yeah. never been off. So anyway, uh, that's what these kids are seeing, and you're helping them through that process. That's amazing, man. Yeah, it's that's, fun. It's, it's fun. It's, it's real fun, man. When you, especially with you know some of these kids you've had since they were freshmen, mm-hmm. and to see how they've developed, you know, one mentally, 
uh, too physically and then how they've matured throughout their time, you know, being at your, your high school and being in your football program and then to see their reaction, you know, when, when, and I love it because I have an opportunity to, to walk the kids down the hall and a lot of teachers have their doors open. So they see me walking with the coach and I can see them peeking out of the classroom. I'm like, Hey, pay attention, pay attention. And they're, you know, they're just excited because no wow, doubt. it's, it's a coach from U of I in, 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 in the building, you know, it's a coach from Iowa in the building and stuff like that. So it, it's definitely exciting to see these, uh, these, these kids, you know, have an opportunity to go on and, and achieve something that, that they've worked so hard on. And, you know, I want to go into it too is brother, you know, a lot of people don't know the things that you do for kids. Like I'm in the high school, but the things that you do here, here at your gym with a lot of these kids, it, it goes unnoticed. And I know you're not one to like, promoted and put it out there but I mean there's there has not been a time where I've not walked into your gym brother oh and I have not I've always walk in and I see six or eight kids you training kids you're giving knowledge you're working technique with some of the old linemen and not just high school kids college kids but pro guys as well coming in your gym and you know guys grabbing protein shakes and you making it you know available to them like you give back a ton and I want to make sure people in the Chicagoland area understand how much you do give back and how much you impart into these uh, young athletes yeah i mean but like you know like coaching the kids is fun man mm-hmm. like the game is fun when you give back to the kids and the game right and uh you're a good man trying to rebuild my character but no man that's you the do. fun part like you know that's the uh coaching kids in the game of football and, and like you know um that is literally like Whatever people do for a living, mm-hmm. football is literally our craft. Like that's what yep. we did for a living um, to teach it to the kids and to use it as a vehicle like we just talked about yeah. to teach other things is, is invaluable. It's invaluable to use the game, uh, use the weight room, uh, teach them about hard work, persistence, uh, helping each other out, spot each other, all, all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, comes easily in a weight room and in the game of football. But uh, J-Mac, uh, we could talk about that forever. Hey, they missed, uh, before we turn the podcast on, they missed the first hour of that conversation. Man, I'm telling you. <laughs> we solved all the world problems. I'm trying to tell you. We use football to do it. But uh, like we talked talked about we haven't been on a podcast for a while and we didn't really get your thoughts on the Bears draft they went with uh, two cornerbacks with their first two picks mm-hmm. in the second round went with a wide receiver uh, I think he's more like a special teams kind of a gadget guy kind of yeah. Cordell Patterson yep. uh, Valus Jones uh, in the third round and mm-hmm. then they traded back a, a bunch the 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 second day, it's our third day to get an offensive lineman, a pass rusher. Yep. Uh, I think they got a safety late from Cal. They got four offensive linemen. Uh, overall, J Mac, and we'll, we'll, we'll mention the punter. I think they got a punter too, but we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll mention the punter, but we won't say his name. Uh, uh, overall, J Mac, just a couple of the picks that you liked. I, I know we're, uh, this was a while ago, but we didn't get to go over it. Mm-hmm. And just what you thought overall of the draft. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, of course, wondering where is Justin Fields help? Yeah. Um, so I'll go with, you just, you just, uh, mentioned Justin Fields. So I'll go with the offensive guys first that mm-hmm. we drafted. Um, I'm gonna go with the skill guys, Bayless Jones, uh, super, super duper senior coming out of, uh, right. out of Tennessee, older guy, but you know, he showed maturity. And I think when you listen to Getz, he had that presser. He said that, you know, uh, Bayless Jones showed up. He was all business. And an interesting thing that I, that I, um, that I took from that presser that Getz he had is he said that Jones even showed up with his own whiteboard. Mm-hmm. Like, when have you ever heard that? Somebody bring their own whiteboard taking <laughs> notes. I've never heard that, but it just shows that, you know, this guy's serious. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's been through, he was at USC before he went to Tennessee. He's been in a lot of big programs and he, and he takes, 
he, he puts a, a high emphasis on preparation and to be successful in the NFL level. It's all about preparation. We know, brother, mm-hmm. I mean, how many how, how many hours do you stay after practice watching film? I know because I would go in there and sometimes sit with you. You were watching film. Then sometimes I walk past the room. You're watching film is like, well, shit, I'm going home. <laughs> brother, <laughs> brother, brother, it was going to make me right the next day. So I'm good. But it take the preparation is key. Mm-hmm. And it's good to see a guy coming in as a rookie, you know, taking all those notes and getting getting prepared. But. You know, I'm excited to see if he can take those notes and actually translate that to the field. So you have a guy who, you know, can help you in the return game. You lose Jakeem Grant, a guy who can step in and fill that role. But you also have a guy who has, you know, he's, he can be an offensive weapon. You can put him out wide, a receiver. Uh, even uh, Paul said he can, he said he wasn't going to compare him to Debo Samuels, but he's a guy who you can plug in, and put in different situations like the 49ers did with Debo Samuel. So excited about Vela Jones, the prospects of him being able to help this offense score points. Uh, I'm going to go with the running back, obviously. I'm a homer, I know, but uh, Tristan Ebner, mm-hmm. a guy from Baylor. That's the guy I missed, Tristan Ebner. Yeah, yep. Tristan Ebner, yep, guy from Baylor. Uh, he's a former high school wide receiver, so we know he can catch. We know he's used to running routes, and I think with what Getsy wants to do, and if you look at what he did um, you know, in Green Bay, what they did when they had Aaron Jones, they were, they were able to split him out and, and get him on a linebacker, which would create a lot of mismatches. And it's just another way to get him the ball, get your playmakers the ball, especially out in space. And offensively, a lot of coaches, they want speed in space, mm-hmm. speed in space. So that's what I think, you know, Getsy is trying to do on this offense, create more opportunities for guys. And I think Ebner, Ebner is a guy that can do that because he can be effective out of the backfield. Him being drafted in the sixth round, he's going to have to bring some bring something on special teams. So he's going to have to be a guy who can be a four phase guy, whether he's a gunner running down on punt, whether he's returning punts, mm-hmm. something. He's going to have to cover kicks, uh, but he's going to have to show that he has the ability to play on offense, but really be a dog in special teams. So uh, on the defensive side, brother, oh, uh, obviously Kyler Gordon was there, the first guy they took. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he's. They categorize him as a, as a good athlete. I haven't watched much film on him, so I'm not going to act like I know everything about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I know we needed a young corner that has good good instincts, that has good ball skills, uh, that can come in and help bolster that secondary because obviously we know what happened to them last year. Mm-hmm. And then Jaquan Brisker, the safety out of Penn State, uh, they say he's physically gifted. They say he can play in the box. He can play over the slot. He can do a lot of different things. So let's hope he can be as half as good as a Mike Brown. A fraction as good as Mike Brown will take it. Yeah, and you know this defense, how important that safety position is, right? Mm -hmm. uh, You think back to Bob Sanders. Think back to John Lynch. Think back to Mike Brown. Mm. Seems like every time there's a a cover two defense, there's a hard-hitting safety Mm. who flies around. So Mm. hopefully Brisker can be that guy. And like you said, Kyler Gordon from the University of Washington. Say say dogs, say bad mother. Anyway, um, we had his, uh, Will Harris, I think was his secondary coach Mm. at Washington. We had him on the score with Mully and Big Ann Haran. And he was just saying, like, people keep repeating, best athlete I've ever coached, Mm. right? And just uh, that a lot of people are excited about Kyler Gordon. Like you said, there's not a ton of film that you can watch. Brisker, uh, Valus Jones. You just, okay, in 2012, Peanut Tillman was an all-pro, right? Tim Jennings was a second-team all-pro. Yeah. Bears missed the playoffs, okay? Yep. 2018, Eddie Jackson was an all-pro. Kyle Fuller was an all-pro. Bears lost in the playoffs because they couldn't score points. Yep. 16 to 15. So yep. um, when you take a look at it, and then you go get Valus Jones, who's not a number one wide receiver type, special teams type, gadget type guy. Um, even if these guys do 
pan out next year. There's still a lot of work to do. And, yeah. and when I look at this class, Jay Magan, and everybody always wants to hear from me about the offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jatari Carter, Zach Thomas, Braxton Jones, and Doug Kramer, who started in front of Joshua, my son, yeah. at Illinois. Yeah. Um, the one word comes to my mind, development. Mm-hmm. They got to develop these guys to be – none of them are – if they start on day one, it's because something happened. Mm-hmm. An injury happened on the field. Um, somebody didn't come back ready to play, right? Yeah. So these guys have to be developed. That's where, again, we've talked about so many times on this podcast. Jimmy Arthur, the strength mm-hmm. coach, right? Yep. Brett Salazar, the head of performance there. Coach Morgan would be their skill coach. We keep hammering that in because, J-Mac, if you go over this depth chart, guys have to take a step. You know, do you like – who they drafted. Well, yeah, how do you not like right. Kyler Gordon, Jaquan Brisker, but how do you take Jaquan Brisker and not take Cam Jurgens, the center out of Nebraska, right? How do you take Bayless Jones and not take Bernard Rahman, the tackle out of Central Michigan, mm. because you want to add guys to your offensive line. Now, Ryan Poe said he would be doing the team a disservice right. if these guys turn into all pros. Okay. Right. My argument for that again is in 2012, you had two all pros in a secondary. Mm-hmm. You had 44 takeaways. You finished plus 20. Right. Like eventually somebody had, had us all. You just want them to study your past so you don't keep repeating the same mistakes. Right. Very so true. 44 takeaways plus 20, two all pros in a secondary. You don't mm-hmm. go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. 2018, you had 34 to 36 takeaways. You had two all pros in the secondary. You lose in the first round. You lose in the first round of playoffs by 1.16 to 15 because the reason why Coach Nagy and Ryan Pace aren't here is they can't score points. Can't score points. Right? So now mm. you start to worry about Justin Fields, and I start to hear, okay, um, question I have for you is this. I keep hearing about the scheme. The scheme is going to help these right. guys play better. And And – some parts of me agrees when you, when you watch Coach Nagy, they were so hard-headed, so stubborn at right. the things they did, right? And, and okay, we're going to boot them out. Um, very interested, right? I'm sure we'll get to the schedule. Very interested to see this coaching staff actually in action, right? Everybody mm-hmm. wants to see, mm-hmm. Jay, everybody wants to see the players, and so do I. Yeah. But even more important to me, is I want to see the coaches coaches in the chess match against their counterparts. Yeah, and when you look at it too, you know, bring up a lot of valid, great points. Um, you look at it too, all right? Look at this wide receiving core, okay? You have, you brought in uh, St. Brown, mm-hmm. and I know Getsy calls him EQ, which is better because we can't pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. EQ, you bring uh, in uh, EQ. Yeah, I'll stay with EQ too. <laughs> yeah, EQ. Uh, you bring in Pringle. You just signed as a free agent, uh, Dante Pettis, Tajay Sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I heard him talking about, uh, you know, in this presser, Cole Komet, he likes what he's done. Mm-hmm. He likes his versatility. Now let's keep in mind. Okay. He like what he's done. He like his versatility. Okay. I get it. You know, but at the same time, let's not forget right now they're only in shorts. Mm-hmm. They're in shorts, brother. Everybody looks good in shorts. Everybody looks versatile in shorts. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everybody can block in shorts because nobody's mm-hmm. going a hundred miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So this is the thing, right? We looking in terms of, who your playmakers are. You have a collection of wide receivers, right? Who the free agency brought in, who were just pieces on their, on their previous team's offensives. They weren't the guy, you know, EQ wasn't the guy in green Bay. We already know that mm-hmm. Pringle wasn't the guy in Kansas city, mm-hmm. but you bring in a collection of guys who you bring them in now. Right. And you say, look, these guys, these guys have experience, but now we're going to hopefully develop them. And hopefully they can finally have an opportunity to take the next step and be 
the guy and not mm-hmm. just one of the guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what they're banking on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it's like, hey, I'd want to have a known, at least at every position group, where I know, all right, this guy right here, this receiver is going to go out no matter what, rain, sleet, or snow, wherever we're playing at, regardless of the situation, regardless of what the, what the score is, he's going to be 100%, and I can count on him to go out there and make a big play every game. One big play, maybe two big plays. Mm-hmm. And I know he's a guy in this receiver room that's going to give me, you know, 80 catches and 1,000 yards of consistency, where I know if I need to play with my young quarterback and a young, young offensive line that I have – I can count on that connection between Fields and such and such, whoever that guy is. Right now, who is that guy? Right. And, and when you watch the – like I was watching a highlight the other day on Twitter, and they were showing Brian Pringle catch the ball and go to the house. Nice play by him. Mm-hmm. And, and you can see his athleticism, his speed. Definitely. But, of course, then you see Kelsey in, at tight end, Tyreek Hill in the slot. Yeah. No one's really watching Pringle. Now, no. you can't – you cannot – J-Mac, you cannot watch – Darnell Mooney and David Montgomery play football and not like Very true. those two football players, right? Darnell Mooney willing to block. I mean, he gets everything out of what he has, mm-hmm. right? It's just, can he take the next step? That, exactly. That's the question, right? David Montgomery, you cannot not like the mm-hmm. way he fights on the field, what he brings every week. It's just, do they scare anybody? Does Dar- right. Is Darnell Mooney... Um, when we play the Green Bay Packers, Jair Alexander's across the way. Does he take Darnell Mooney out of the game? Exactly. Right. Then who, then who are we going to then? Right. Then what are we going to do? And then the defensive line, uh, if, if they overwhelm the offensive line, we can't run the ball in the game. And all of a sudden, uh, uh, we're watching the same offense we've been watching for years. And now mm-hmm. how do we know at the end of the year, the biggest worry I have, okay, coming out of that draft is how do you properly evaluate Justin Fields at the end of this year if he looks let's say he does look really really bad mm-hmm. how can I say to myself you know well it was it him or was it the sum of the parts me and right. you uh, have played a lot of football I have played with when around a team where there was you know a lot of guys got injured and mm-hmm. all of a sudden there's other guys in there mm-hmm. and it's just hard to have a good year yeah it's just hard to play high level football when you're in there with guys who maybe they don't belong in there with the ones. Yeah. They don't belong. There's a reason a guy is a starter. Mm-hmm. There's a reason a guy starts. So when you take a look at this offense and you go through it and you say, okay, Fields, Montgomery, Mooney, Pringle, Valis, Cole Komet. Uh, what is Cole Komet? No one knows yet, right? Um, Tevin Jenkins, right? Uh, uh, Borum, uh, Sam Mustafer, Lucas Patrick, Cody Whiter. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean... Again, I say the word development. Yeah. They are counting on development. Now, um, Ryan Poles, now he did, you know, uh, uh, Doug Kramer's teammate was Nick Allegretti. They got him in the seventh round for the Chiefs. He's been, he has contributed down there, played pretty good football, right? Right. right. Um, they got Trey Smith. Mostly Trey Smith had a blood clot disorder. That's why he fell to the sixth round mm. last year. They got him as a starter. He was like a first round talent. He was just a special case. Yeah. Um, so they got him out of that. So they have found some guys, you know, they've had Zach Fulton there. Um, at the Chiefs. So they found some guys in the late round, and maybe that's what Pose thinks we can still find guys. Ian Cunningham, when he was with uh when he was with the Eagles, mm-hmm. the Jordan Mailata, their tackle, good player, seventh round guy. Yep. Right. Uh Nate Herbig was undrafted. You saw him. They just um they signed him to a tender and then they released him and then the Jets picked him up. I think that's what happened. Nate Herbig, actually from St. Louis High School, same high school I went to. But uh so maybe they have confidence 
and finding late round guys in this uh, Zatari Carter and yeah. Doug Kramer and Braxton Jones and Zach Thomas. But man, that that is when you come in and say the offensive line is a problem. Well, we've been hearing for years that the offensive mm-hmm. line is a problem. And then for years, on it, for the, ever since we started this podcast, J-Mac, we said, well, you keep saying it's a problem, but you don't do anything to fix it. Right. I hate to say it's continued. It, it, it has continued. Now, we are looking at a different group of developing and a different style of football. Yeah, you are. And it's, it's, you're also putting a lot of pressure on your coaches. Yeah. To be those teachers, you know, to be those developers of talent that you got all, you got this influx of all this young talent. And he did a great, I mean, he did a great job in the draft turning, you know, not a lot of picks into, into having an abundance of picks and mm-hmm. filling holes and stuff like that. But it goes to show that th- these are guys, like you keep saying, brother, they're going to have to de- be developed. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the scheme that you are implementing, they're going to have to develop as football players. They're going to have to develop as professional athletes now. It's a big difference from being mm-hmm. a collegiate player mm-hmm. to being a professional player where you know, the expectation is very high, very high, especially in a city like Chicago. You know, everything is magnified. <laughs> Regardless of right. who you are, everything is magnified. You cannot be a guy that's going to hide on a roster. Everything you do is going to be magnified. So you know, it was interesting to see what, you know, I mean, Pose, like you said, he's got a plan. Mm-hmm. He's stuck to his draft board. You Man. know, he's, he's got the process and Man. all we can do is, is, is fans and, and is, is Bears fans and Chicagoland is to trust the process. That's mm-hmm. all we can do. Yeah. I, I mean, Jay, I, I just, two guys, Ian Cunningham and Ryan Pose, mm-hmm. who, who made their living in the trenches, right? Talk to us a lot about the trenches. Yep. Took two cornerbacks, a wide receiver, two guys late in the, took defensive line. They took a pass rusher. Yeah. Right, I mean, they took he, a pa- and, yeah. they, and they took a, D-line, a, 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 a wide receiver, former receiver. Yeah. So, so, so to yeah. me, when, when when I look at this this team, right, and I look at the defense, and I think, okay, now who's gonna stop the run when Kyle Shanahan shows up week one? Your best player is Robert Quinn, but guess what? Trent Williams Trent played Williams. left tackle for the Forty ers right? Yeah. So now you can take Robert Quinn out of that game. Yep. Right, no, no, you never know when we get to. You never know what happens in in the but, process of getting to that game. Right. But like, what's your answer for Debo Samuel? Well, just when they start running that. Remember last year they started running that like toss crack. Yeah, and they're motioning that fullback. I'm losing his name now. Good player, mm-hmm. Kittle, and they're double teaming Quinn to the ground. I mean, they, they beat them, J Mac. Mm-hmm. I ran that play at St. Mary's here at Lake Forest. I ran toss crack. That's what Kyle Shanahan went to in the yeah. second half. So, um, when, when the, when the team starts running the ball downhill at these Chicago Bears, right? And you got Justin Jones and you got Kyrie Stonga, who, who's actually a big nose guard mm-hmm. for this, yeah. for this scheme. You got Aquadine Muhammad, you got Travis Gibson, Andrew Blackson. I, I like Andrew Blackson. I think mm-hmm. he gets after people in the games, but stopping the run, right? And I just was, when, when I watched the draft and, and we'll move on from this because, because I could beat a dead horse. And like you said, <laughs> you do, like there's two things. Two things can be true, right? You do like Kyler Gordon, Jaquan yeah, Brisker, like man. Guys. When they talk, I like Valus Jones. You know, carrying like around his uh, uh, whiteboard. I think that's kind of a trick for coaches. But whatever you like, you, you like it. <laughs> yeah. Better you say you like it. I love it. You know what I mean? Like if that <laughs> right. works. If that guy you drafted the right. whiteboard, uh, keep it up. You know what I right. mean? But uh, I like to see what he actually writes on a whiteboard because <laughs> when you stick it back in your backpack, <laughs> it erases. Right, right. Is he, is he playing <laughs> hangman or tic tac toe on there? <laughs> <laughs> so look, you you can like these guys right and still say man like I, I this is my my final thought on the draft I liked the guys you drafted mm-hmm. I didn't think that was who you guys 
we're going to draft after you told me what you believed in. Mm-hmm. Right? So now he did say he'd stick to his board and take the best player available. And I guess that's the argument against what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, but at some point, man, J-Mac, I'm an offensive lineman. If I'm in charge sitting there, at least when 48 comes up or 71, give me the best old lineman on the board. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In yeah. one of those three picks, I, I was going to tell my guys, guys, in one of these three picks, we're taking old lineman. It, it makes you wonder, right, when, you know, I don't know who was in the draft room, the war room during the draft, but it, it, it makes you wonder, right, if Getsy was in there <laughs> when both when when they turned in the card yeah. and and it was you know it, it was the you know you turn in the card and it's like the Bears select Jaquan Brisker was Getsy like fuck you like you know what I'm saying like I mean, I'm serious like what was well, I mean I mean in his head wood right a comparative wood like right like in his yeah, head he can't yeah. kind of show that emotion yeah. because obviously the GM you got to hey that's that's your boss you know I mean you're, you're, your boss you know when, when Brisker went I mean your guy Alec Pierce was sitting there I know and right? that's he why I thought they were gonna there, pick. I was like, we're gonna get them, and I'm sitting there waiting. I'm I mean, watching the, the it, Eagles, the Eagles. Okay, the Eagles who have Lane Johnson, who's probably yeah. the best right tackle in the game. They have Jason Kelsey, who's a top five center mm-hmm. in the game. They have Jordan Mailata, we just talked about, right? right. They have the good offensive linemen. They took Cam Jurgens. Yeah, they, and, they they doubled up because right. they believe in. Tra- they took Cam Jurgens and they took Jordan Davis, yes. the monster nose guard, because starts up front. They believe in the trenches. Starts up that, front. That's that is what my argument is. Yeah, I just was surprised it was two cornerbacks and a gadget receiver. It, it, we're not throwing shots at Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker. No, no, you know, no. I think I think they're and I think they're going to be good players, and no. I think they will. They, they'll look good in the Bears uniform, and I think they will produce. We're just saying from a standpoint of like like you said, brother. What was what was talked about leading up to the draft and the needs that you needed to fill, and then you go and you a complete three sixty, and it's like boom, you need a tackle or you need a receiver, you need some playmakers, some guys to help you score points offensively, some guys to make Justin Fields' job easier, some guys who can fit in this new scheme to help you execute it, mm-hmm. right? And then all of a sudden, bam, you go to the defense. It was just it was just a shock. It was, was kind of weird, and, and you know. Right after Valus Jones goes, Abraham Lucas from the tackle from Washington State goes to the Seahawks. Now, um, the, the thing about that is, and, and, and you have to give the, to me, if you're going to say that, you got to give the story. They kind of have that guy in Tevin Jenkins, mm-hmm. right? They, that would have been doubling up yeah. on the same guy early on. So you can understand that, but Bernard Raymond's still on the board there from Central Michigan. Just, you know, <laughs> Italy, look, if you look at the Vikings, right? They took Ezra Cleveland mm-hmm. uh, last year. I mean, I think after the Bears took Jalen Johnson. I mean, is Bernard Raymond kind of an Ezra Cleveland? Am I am I over impressed with Ezra Cleveland mm-hmm. up in Minnesota? Probably not, Jay. You right. know what I mean? So right. um, there's an argument for and against everything. It's just, again, I'll say this again. I, you know, um, I spend most of my day training offensive line. Mm-hmm. I played offensive line. I see the game from the line, the trenches position, I think those guys, those big uglies up there, both sides of the ball are extremely important. Very. If I'm in my first three picks, in my first time I've ever been a general manager, I'm taking myself, somebody, even if I got to take a D lineman, yeah. I'm taking myself Starts somebody in the trenches, somebody, and I'm taking not a pass rusher. I'm taking a shit eater, J-Mac. I'm yeah. taking someone who is coming yeah. after people right. because- An enforcer. How, how do I instill that character in my building with sixth and seventh round picks? Yes. Right, I, I don't know. I, I just don't think I can. But uh, like you said, it's hard—not hard—but you want to make it clear to everybody. Do you like the guys that were drafted? Do you think they have a chance to be good? Yes, no doubt. But but can you still say little shock 
There's yeah. not alignment in there somewhere. And, and you brought up a good point in terms of, you know, guys in the locker room establishing culture. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna preach on that a little bit. Now, like you said, you 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 bring in these 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 offensive alignment, right, that you draft in the lower rounds, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Poles has said it in the in the area scouts who evaluated these guys, they said these guys all embody what we're trying to establish here in our locker room, right? But if you're a six round pick, seven round pick, undrafted free agent, I don't care what position you play, offensive line, defensive line, or whatever, you come in the locker room, right? You have to earn respect. Mm-hmm. You're not just gonna walk in and all of a sudden get respect, right? Have respect. You gotta earn it. Because me, if I'm in there and as a veteran, and we've seen this We've gone through this show before. We've gone through the script before. When we have young guys come in that locker room and us as veterans, right? We want to see, you know, are you about it? Do you have what it takes, one, to be a part of this team, first of all? Do you have what it takes to make this team? Mm -hmm. How are you going to help us? You can't come in and and demand leadership and and, and demand respect. You got to earn it. Mm -hmm. And that, and how do you earn that? How you prepare, how you take notes, right? Are you in the building? You know, are you in there working out when I'm working out early in the morning? Are you in there? Are you beating Brother O to the uh, to the weight room? You know, are you one of the last guys in the building watching film? No chance. No chance at all. <laughs> but are, but also, are you one of the guys that takes all those notes and watches all that film? But then you can apply that on the field consistently, not just one practice, not just two practices. Can you sustain that? Right. Can you sustain that level of play, level of professionalism from mini camp through training camp? through preseason, and then be a key contributor throughout the season. That's what gets you respect, right? You've got – it's levels. You don't just – because you got drafted. Even these young guys, uh, you know, I don't know how it is now in in today's locker rooms, but in our locker room, it was harder for a first-round guy to come in and and just demand respect just because he was was the first pick or first-round pick or second-round pick. He still had to earn it. And us, we wanted wanted to know, hey, why were you a first-round pick? You know, go back even, we can go back when, you know, Seti B, rest in heaven, when he came in, right? We we wanted to say, okay, we got Thomas Jones, a guy that just came off of two 1,300-yard seasons, back-to-back seasons. We bring in Cedric, uh, Cedric Benson, first-round pick. I think he was, what, number four? Seti B was number four. He comes in, and we're like, all right, well, no disrespect to said, but we're wondering, why the hell did we draft Cedric Benson? We had Thomas Jones. We had Adrian Peterson, who mm. every time he got in, he earned guys' respect more and more. You know, we're wondering, like, wow, like, so why did we draft Cedric? Mm-hmm. And Cedric, and it, it took him a while to earn guys' respect. Yep. I mean, I'll be quite honest, it took him a while to earn respect. And Cedric, mm-hmm. he, he would even ask me, you know, J-Mac, why don't the guys like, why why do the guys not like me? And I just said, it's not that the guys don't like you. It's that, you know, we look at you and we say, you know, are you applying yourselves, are, are you applying yourself the way that other guys are applying themselves in terms of preparation, mm-hmm. in terms of how, you, how you're taking this game seriously, in terms of how you're going to contribute? And the more and more said, understood that, the more he developed, and then we seen what he turned to, and he was a, <laughs> he was a buzzsaw coming down here. Oh, you know man. what I mean? He was amazing. Get I mean, out of the way. Get out of the way. So that's the same thing a lot of these rookies, you know, is going to have to go through. But like mm-hmm. we said, we want a guy that's going to come in, right, that's going to earn that respect from the veterans, but he's also going to take that respect that he's earned, and he's going to take that to the field and really be a key contributor of the team. Yeah, and, and it's really interesting, J-Mac, to your point, 
who's going to set the standard in the building yes. every day. Now, Coach Eber, Coach Eberflues, right? He's going to set his standard, his hits principle he's talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and you know that well from knowing Rob Marinelli, yep. from knowing Coach Lovey Smith, from knowing what that the guys from this system, from this coaching tree, what they expect out of their players. Hustle, high intensity, ball never on the ground, yeah. doing all little things right. But who sets that tempo in the locker room? Who sets the standard in the locker room? Uh, and like you know, uh, once the standard slips, it's gone, right? It's gone. gone. And Goodbye. like you know, um, you can set the standard, but you got to be a good player for people to follow, yep. to watch what you're doing. So yep. this team... As the, as the, we'll get to the schedule. We came out last night, but this team, as the schedule came out, J Mac and I was looking at and trying to like, you know, everybody goes through the, okay, what, what's their, what is their record going to be? Right. Mm -hmm. And is this team, as I went through the team and started thinking about the coaching staff, J Mac, I started thinking about the players. I started, you know what I started thinking to myself? Gosh, I have no idea what this team is going to be, right? I have no idea uh, what Larry Borum is going to be at left tackle. I have no idea what Cole Komet is going to be at tight end in this system. Or Darnell Mooney, will he continue uh, to, you know, because his coach is gone too now, right? So yeah. uh, um, the coach he learned from, the coach he had success under, uh, he is he's gone. His right? mentor is his, gone too. His men, Alan, Alan Robinson, Robinson is gone, gone so, too. That's a big big key. It's just you know? you know the defense is totally different. Out you know first time we'll see a different you know it's been uh, Vic Fangio, it's been Pagano, it's been Sean Desai. Now it's a four three with like what will Roquan? I was just thinking what will Roquan Smith look like in this downhill one gap scheme without Eddie Goldman and Akeem Hicks and those guys in front of him eating up blocks right yeah. so. It's just so many things that, that you don't know what's going to happen. Now, the secondary looks like maybe after the draft, hopefully it's a strength, right? The strength, the strength of this team because last year was a weakness. But right. uh, this team, they have to – this team and the team that I – that I when I say team, you talk about uh, Coach Eberflus and his team, right? And that's something that people don't look at a lot is the coaching staff, is the development part. Like um, – in week one, right? They see the, they got the 49ers to mm-hmm. week one. We just talked about and it. I, and I think about Kyle Shanahan versus Coach Eberflus. And I think last year in October, the coach uh, had four takeaways from um, Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the kind of stuff Coach Eberflus loves, right? Right. When does when this team adapt that? But immediately, Allen Williams is going against maybe the best OC in the game, right? And then there's a guy down there who I think may be a head coach soon, coaching the defense. Is D'Amico Ryan's? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, now yeah. D'Amico Ryan's versus Luke Getze right off the bat, a yeah. tough challenge, right? Um, all of a sudden, the offensive line out of nowhere is fa- is facing Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, D Ford. Uh, this is Week One, young right? offensive yeah. line too. And then, yeah, no, and then you know Trent Williams is on, on Robert Quinn. Uh, it's just we're gonna learn yeah. immediately so much. But the thing that you always have to remember is last year I thought Kyle Shanahan picked Sean Desai apart in the second half yep. in that game here where uh, Phil, Justin Fields made those great plays. Remember those yeah. plays he made? Anyway, yeah. um, I thought yeah. that that would, but, but in Sean Desai's defense, I thought he learned from that game mm-hmm. and I thought he grew and he got better. And now I think he's the assistant head coach down there in Seattle now, but mm-hmm. because he's a good, because he turned himself into a good ball coach, but that's an example of what these bears have to do. Yeah. They're going to have to take their lumps, man. They're going to have to take their lumps. And all these guys are just learning 
on the job. Like this offensive staff, these guys have never coached together before, J Man. Yeah. So all of a sudden they're they're installing this they're learning the scheme too. Right? They're learning the scheme too on the run now. Yeah. So week two, J Mac, you go see the the you gotta go up play the night game against the Packers. Yeah. Two playoff teams back to back. Guess who Robert Quinn sees back to back? The best two left tackles. One of the two best left two of the top five left tackles in the league. Yeah. David Bakhtiari and Trent Williams. So for your first two games, mm-hmm. they got two guys who can erase. And then you face the defensive line of Kenny Clark, yep. Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith. They just drafted uh, uh Devontae Wyatt in the first round. I mean, they, those first two games, and man, you face they, a, and they, you, they may have to learn a, like, a lot for the, in those first two games. And, and you're facing an A-Rod, which is going to be interesting to see how this looks without Devontae Adams. Mm-hmm. But as we know, if history shows, you know, the good quarterbacks, they're multipliers. Mm-hmm. They make guys better. They make they make receivers better. You know, <laughs> yeah. we've seen that over and over again. A-Rod's going to find somebody. Somebody's going to step up. We were not expecting to step up and we'll say, damn. He was on their roster. <laughs> Where the hell did he come from? Right. Who is that, that dude? But that goes back to development. That goes back to coaches being teachers, teaching their, you know, their position groups how to excel on Sundays. And that's what we've seen. I hate to say it, hate to talk about Green Bay, but we've seen that year after year. You're like, well, damn, you know, Green Bay, yeah, they didn't get a lot of free agents, but guess what? They don't need to because the development is there. And that's something that, you know, we haven't seen here in Chicago, the development of players, you know, making guys better, building guys up that you draft, you know, whether it's first, second round, whatever, undrafted free agents that make your team, you know, you're going to have to count on everybody that's on your roster at some point in the season. How are these guys getting better? Even the practice squad guys, how many, how many times have you seen from teams throughout the league, brother, Mm -hmm. bring a guy off the practice squad and then he makes an immediate impact. Right mm-hmm. on Sunday, it's because he's been developed the right way. He's been taught the right way on practice squad, and then when he gets his opportunity, he's ready to 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 assume that spotlight, to assume that role, and make plays to help contribute to that ball club. Mm-hmm. You know that's hey, that's what we need. So uh, we were playing the Cowboys on Monday or Sunday night. I forget. I think the the nose guard's name was Jason Ferguson. Oh, yeah. Do you remember yeah. Ferguson? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he tore his triceps the week before. Mm-hmm. And the talk all week where we were going to run the ball right down the Cowboys' throat because I was going against a backup nose guard mm-hmm. who was a defensive end, yep. right? I Like you're saying about these guys coming off practice squad. So yeah. I hit this dude on the first play of J-Mac, and I was like, who the hell is this? Right? So anyway, <laughs> it ends up being now. Jeremiah Ratliff. Yeah. Stud. Right? Stud. So Jeremiah, so Jeremiah Ratliff. And after the game, everyone's like, gosh, only man, like the media stuff. I was like, we thought you guys could run the ball all day on this backup DN. And, and I, I was like, I thought so too, but the guy was pretty damn good. But a year later, Jay back, he was in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. uh, that's what you're saying. Like they got to find diamonds. Like you got they, to they find these guys. And like you're saying, you're developing these guys slowly, uh, um, through the process. You know, uh, before we go, Jeremiah, real fast, I want to ask you this. How are they going to project these six run, these six year guys who who had another test to really develop? Right, they, they're they're really twenty five year olds playing against eighteen and nineteen year olds, mm-hmm. right? So how do you project that into the NFL? Like Valus Jones, it's a question yeah. on him, right? He's older. It's not mm-hmm. a question on whether his body, like he's in his prime, he's right. fine. But I mean, you, you know, a lot of that you're running, he may have been running routes on, and then. If you're making Very all true. your plays on special teams, you're definitely playing against 18 and 19 year old guys, right? So, yeah. um, you know, that's, Zach, that's, Zach yeah. Thomas, the, the, the tackle from, uh, San Diego State's another one, Doug Kramer, they're older guys. Mm-hmm. How do you project them in? Like when I was, 
I guess when I was 25, I think I was in the six, my sixth year in the NFL when I was 25 or 26. So that is something that's been really interesting. I don't think anybody really knows because yeah, COVID is just, it's brand new, right? So yeah. uh, these guys, uh, you know, like Valus Jones is interesting to me. He was really dynamic this year, but never was before. Yeah, and, and that's a good question. You know, you, in terms of ability, right? You talk about in college, you have an older guy playing against college, you know, college kids, college guys, college age guys, and they come in. I think the projection, I would say you, you get a like I get a, a sense of, of feeling good about the older guys in terms of right being able to handle right the playbook. You're a little older, you're more mature, being able, being able to handle, you know, the money that you're going to get now, right? You come from not having no money to having some money, being, being able to handle, you know, being an adult early because you're already an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing that, that you can never project in this draft, right? Regardless of how good a player was in college, right? When he gets that signing bonus, right? Mm-hmm. Things change. Yeah. Does his work ethic change, right? It, does his hunger change, right? Because he's like, hey, you know, some guys, they get that check and they're like, hey, I made it. You know, I'm not trying to go out there and run extra routes. I'm trying to, I'm trying to go down to Tesla and see what kind of Tesla I'm going to buy. You know, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm talking with my realtor when I should be catching extra passes. And I'm like, look, I want to, I want a house with a pool in it. I don't care if we are in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm, you know, I'm serious, brother. Like that's, those are the, some of the things that you can't project with any of those draft picks. Those are some of the things that no scout can, can put a grade on because you just don't know. We can say all the right things in an interview, right? To get us the money, Mm -hmm. but you never know. How a guy's gonna change when he gets the money? That work ethic may not still be there, mm-hmm. and it may. You know, some guys may get hungrier. You just don't know. So for some of these older guys, you know, I think that you know, Pose is saying and, and guessing when talking about Avila Jones and some of the other older guys that they know they they're hoping that due to their age and their maturity that it's not going to be too much for them to handle in terms of playbooks. Not going to be able, too much for them to handle in terms of being in a big city like Chicago, mm-hmm. and they'll just be ahead of some of the younger guys in terms of treating this game like a pro at an early stage in their career. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. It'll be interesting to watch because no one's ever like, – it's almost like college has acted like a minor league, yeah. a minor league system for the NFL with the COVID. So it's something none of us have ever seen before. And if you just think about, okay, you always see it as this high school guy, and you're like, man, he's dominating. Someone's always 20. Oh, okay, I got you. Right, I did say. Like, right. he's, 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 you know, you see this like eighth grader dominating right. eighth grade lady, and you're like, well, he's 16. You're he like, reclassified. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. like, that guy's a, wow, that guy's a sophomore. Yeah, but he's 16, 17. You know, you right. know what I mean? Like, right. it's just, so it'll be interesting to watch because none of us really know. Um, you know, you have to say, okay, like, why didn't, if you're a good ball player, why wasn't five years enough for you? Yeah. Like, why did you need another year against, you know, like, Josh was like James will go to college this year at 17. Yeah. Right. So really Valus Jones was on the team at 25 years old with a, with some 17 year olds. Yeah. That's, that's a seven year difference. Man. Yeah, and that, and that's why like you look at it too, brother. And you know, me being undrafted free agent, I'm always pulling for undrafted free agents because you know, my rookie year, you know, I, I sat for the locker room and I remember, you know, I was with the Eagles. They drafted Lito Shepard, uh, from Florida. They drafted Sheldon Brown was a corner from, uh, South Carolina, drafted Brian Westbrook, my guy, B Dove out of Villanova. And we're all close. Same rookie class. You know, we're all close, but the difference is <laughs> our paychecks ain't close. You know what I mean? There's, 
signing bonus compared to mine. And I'm looking at these guys pull up in the facility fresh out of college, you know, this guy driving a Mercedes. This guy's got a Range Rover. Well, I'm pulling up in the same car that I had from college. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, well, I shit, you. I want to like, well, you know, and me, I'm like, you know, wow, I want to, you know, I'm trying to get there. Like, I'm here, but I'm not there. Right. I'm in the same locker room, but I'm not there because hungry. those guys, you know, those guys were higher draft picks than I was. So that hunger, right, when you're a low, which should be, like, not, and I can't speak for everybody, but that hunger should be at an all time high. When you see things like that, right, it should motivate you even more. It motivated the hell out of me because not that I was, I wasn't chasing money. I was chasing respect, right? Because even when you're there as an undrafted guy or, or, or a low round draft pick, you still don't feel like you're accepted. You still don't feel like you're there you know what I mean brother oh it's like all right I'm gonna draft a free agent but I'm still not a part of the team I still have to earn that yeah we got the same helmet the same logos on our helmet we're still the Philadelphia Eagles we're still the Chicago Bears but at the same time those guys are already on the team because of where they were drafted right we're in the same locker room but you got to keep in mind I'm not necessarily on the team I'm on the team maybe through the first week of training camp maybe the second week of training camp if I'm that bad I won't even make it out of minicamp. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's the type, you know, we got all these young guys we talked about beginning of our show, all these free agents and, you know, these, these lower round draft guys. That's mm-hmm. the mentality that they got to have yep. on a daily basis. And they got to come see a guy like you. And, yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and I, talk I'll to him. About, I'll give you the real. I'll give the real. I was seeing that the other day when I saw that uh, Pino went in and nobody better. I'm they fine. don't call me. I'm on draft the free agent. No, they will, but that's what I'm saying. Like, um, I saw Pino go in there and Pino was a second round pick. Yeah. And, we, everybody who's ever listened to our podcast, I think we've had Peanut on. You know the amount of respect we have for him. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, no one played football. Guy. He played football the way it was meant to be played, whether it was specialty. Anyway, um, they should get these guys, someone like you in there too. Talk, yeah. you, talk about your, uh, uh, you know, your journey through being undrafted. And, you know, on the other side of guys being older, Jay Mack, he's also me who came out early at 20. Yeah. And I wasn't ready. Exactly. You know, I wasn't ready and I needed a year to, so like you're mm. saying, there's, there's a give and take there. I'm just extremely interested, man, because it's something we've never seen before. And yet, um, we, we got the bears went and got, I think three or four of these guys who are, I think the, uh, safety out of Cal also was a, um, was a six round, a six year guy, or maybe it was a fifth year guy because he plays a true freshman, but mm. just an older guy, just an older guy, uh, you know, who got an extra year. Um, I don't think Washington could have dealt with me for an extra year, Jim. They're going to be like, get the fuck out. Yeah, I, I, I've heard that more than once this last couple of weeks. Anyway, hey, Jay, as usual, fun, man. Uh, we'll, we'll be back uh, giving more thoughts on the Bears. Hey guys, it's Olin Cruz, and I want to tell you about Tequila Embajador, the official tequila of the No Name Podcast. Whether it's celebrating a big win or just kicking back after work, adding tequila in Bajador takes every gathering to the next level. The care, quality, and patience put into each and every bottle of tequila in Bajador can be tasted from the first sip to the last. And it's why we're honored to call them our teammates. Go to their website, EmbajadorTequila.com, and use the code Kick off 10 and receive your discount on your next purchase of Tequila Embajador, the official tequila of the No Name Podcast. Well, that does it for our show today on the No Name Football Podcast. We thank all of our listeners for listening and supporting us on all the social media platforms. Make sure you download our podcast. We're on all the platforms, Spotify, iTunes, 
Whatever your choices, make sure you download it. Make sure you tell your friends and family. Give us a rating if you like. Hopefully, it's a five star rating. But if not, give us a rating anyway. Uh, we like your uh, feedback and criticism that uh, things we can improve on upon our show. But before we go, as usual. Man, I want to suit up right now. In the words of the great Mike Brown, you guys keep making plays in life, and we'll keep making these great podcasts for you. We're out, and we'll see you next time, Chicago. Take care. God bless. Mahalo.